From across the pond, this is Off the Record with Big C. Big C, indeed, that's me. That's me. Welcome to Off the Record, episode 71. Um, I was going to impress you by saying it in French then, but or German. Come on, you could probably say that in German, couldn't you, uh, Pete? No? Ridiculous. I can barely speak English. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Anyway, I can't remember right, what 70 is in French. That's terrible. Soissons, isn't it? Is it Soissons Urn? Soissons is. Or is that 60? Uh, 60, oh, surely. No, no, is it. Oh, well, no, I don't know. Soissons D. Soissons D. Oh, I don't know. Oh, what, 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 I don't know. Soissons Is it Soissons It could be. Soissons yeah. Good point. 60 okay, plus Next time I come on, I'll do it in Ukrainian. I'll, 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 get, I'll get the last word. Or, or when you're in Saudi Arabia, you can do it in a Actually, I can, I used, of languages. I, no, I used to be able to count to 20 in Arabic, so um, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to remember again. I'll check it well, out. I look, I look forward to that. Anyway, it's 71 for those, for those that don't know it in French, German, Saudi Arabian or Ukrainian. And uh, we are after we had a week off last week. It was a bit of a crappy old week, of course, for various reasons. Um, firstly, uh, Shaggy's nephew was in a Marshall was involved in a horrific car accident the week before last over the Labor Day, the Labor holiday, Labor Day, the Labor Day weekend holiday. Um, it's touch and go for a while, but I'm hearing good things that he is getting a little bit better. Um, still. Yes. Still, still a bit obviously suspect with a brain injury, but we can only hope. We've sent all of our um, British good healing vibes over there. If it only helped in Absolutely. the slightest bit, then uh, so our thoughts are with Tim and Marshall and his family, and of course, um, well, not only the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. After 70 years, which is, you know, even older than Pete. I had to, had to get that one in, didn't I? Thank you. Um, and, of course, uh, all joking aside, of course, Stinky Pete also lost his dad last week. So all of our thoughts go to you. I know you got the cremation tomorrow. Thanks very much for appearing on today. I know that I know you said before that, that probably two of the constants in your life of 85 years, whatever it is, sorry, no, 65 years, um, were taken within the space of 18 hours, which is... Uh, literally 18 hours, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, as as for me, however, you know, I stubbed my toe over the weekend. I mean, is that... It doesn't really compare, does it? I know. How about you, Jackie? Are you um, coping with the MS? Oh, I'm on a ridiculous amount of painkillers. I've been off work for... Six weeks with my MS, being a bit of a bitch, but yeah. fighting back. We're trying to. <laughs> Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, right. So this week on Off the Record, poor old Billy Joel keeps getting put back and back and back. We're trying to get Austin on for that. We are going back into the archives today with singles released. Important to say released. Don't be fooled. I know Jackie got... Fooled by one, maybe, the oh. favourite one, and it turned out, oh, no, it was actually released at the end of 1987. Yes, absolutely gutted. 
Yeah, I it. So you found another 10. So all of us, each of us has got 10 of our top 10 or our top 10 singles really released in 1988. And I don't know how much of an overlap there will be this time. Hmm. But, I mean, I, generally 1988, what are your thoughts, team? Jackie? I was 13 um, and obsessed with Smash Hits magazine. Oh, yes. And Oh god! I, subs- I was a subscribe. I had a subscription to that because I, I've always wanted. You know, because they have the lyrics in the magazine was a big. I was going to say they had lyrics, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge thing for me. And I remember my bedroom. You couldn't see a single shred of wallpaper. It was just pictures everywhere of boy bands and Madonna and just everything. Thirteen, you know, start. Experimental makeup and boys come along and yeah, fun times. Yes, that's the same same with us. Well, actually, apart from the makeup and the boys, well, uh, I suspect we we were a similar thing. Our walls are covered. My walls are covered with Linda Ronstadt and Debbie Harry and uh, I think Francis Rossi out of status quo actually. But apart from that, I don't know about your Pete. How, what were your walls like? Is he there? Is he frozen? Ooh, I think, think he might frozen. be. Oh, that is falling asleep. This, this, is, <laughs> this is what the 80s has done to him. <laughs> this is it. 1988. <laughs> the decade that he didn't like. No, it's the 90s he didn't like. Maybe he'll realise. Maybe he'll realise that he's frozen. Oh, we'll, we'll come back to Pete on his thoughts then. Uh, I'll send him a little message or something, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, uh, yeah. I can wave at him, but he's not yeah. there. It's not For those happening. watching on Facebook Live, he's sitting. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. I know. I do, actually. It's funny. It's funny. Um, I wonder whether he can hear us. He, mm-hmm. you know, well, you have his phone number. Ping him a message. Yeah, I will. I'll ping him a message. All right. So 88 was, mm, well, as I've said many times, I mean, the 80s, actually, not really my favourite decade, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Um to me, it was it was much a case of quantity over quality overall, I think, in the 80s. Having said that, I've got stacks. I've got more singles in that decade, I think seven-inch vinyl singles, than any other. But I, I suppose that was, what was I, 1980? I was probably just getting him on my 20s. Uh, his picture's gone now. He'll probably come back in a second. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, maybe I... Just happened to start buying singles regularly, listening listening to the charts and stuff. Hey, hello, hey. you're there. Yes. We were very worried there for a minute. I, I was very worried because it suddenly said Zoom is not responding, and I thought, well, no, nothing's blooming responding. <laughs> no, you were just sitting there. I mean, we thought we thought for one minute we had another um, another tragedy on our hands. <laughs> a minute What's going on about Debbie Harry and and Evan? Those could hear us. On the wall, I uh, can't hear everything. And I'm oh, going okay. to have Racker, Welsh and Jimi Hendrix on mine. But anyway, there we go. Very nice. Jimi Hendrix and who was the first one? Racker Welsh. Racker Welsh, okay. Oh, and Olivia Newton-John, obviously. Olivia Newton-John, okay. Yeah, I should have had Olivia Newton-John. Obviously, a, a big favourite of mine was Olivia. The late, the late, great Olivia. Um, 88, so um, the one obvious highlight of 88, I got married in 88. Oh, I had child. As did Sarah. As did Sarah, funnily enough. 
<laughs> we had child number four. You're already on child number four by eighty-eight. Child number four in nineteen eighty-eight. Wow. Good grief, man! Well, we got married in nineteen eighty, so we were old hands by that stage. Where, where were you living in those days? Then, <laughs> in a box? Uh, no, we were living in Dunstable. You were in Dunstable. Okay. We moved to Dunstable in nineteen eighty-three, and I never escaped until I came to the village. Oh, okay, fair enough. There we go. Right, okay. Are we going on to 88? Let's get some of these singles out of the way then, shall we? And I will be interested to see whether any of us coincide with our with our choices. I've had uh, one, two, I've got three top ten sent to me, actually. I'll read those out at the end. Brilliant. Shall we start uh, in the southwest of England? We could. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see if we've got any overlaps. I think I've I've left out a few that I think you gents might have. So, okay. ooh, we'll see what happens. Um, okay. it I did was, introduce you. It's Jackie Martin, returning guest. I don't know whether I actually <laughs> said who it was, but people probably know. <laughs> and me. people know Stinky Pete. And I'm Big C. Hi. Right, yeah, Jackie. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, carry no, on. No, that's all right. Um, looking through the charts in 1988 was a quite a painful experience for many mm. reasons. There was a ridiculous amount of Shaken Stevens, and <laughs> it was the kind of Stockade and Waterman, oh, Kylie, yeah. Jason, Big Fun, horror. Jason um, Donovan. Oh, sorry, are you saying living. you haven't chosen any Kylie? Uh, reserve list, possibly. I've got you down for Abbey Major, Kylie. I'm very upset. Uh, well, reserve list, possibly. I might put her in if, if you put any of you have one of my ten. Uh, I don't have a reserve list. <laughs> generating <laughs> ten. was enough. We're lucky to get ten out of him, to be fair, Jackie. <laughs> my first one was number one in April 1988, and it's the theme from S-Express by S-Express. Um it was the start of kind of Acid House, the Acid House movement, I guess, and a lot of people were sort of sampling songs, people like uh, Bomber Bass and Mars, who had had Mars with a pump up volume pump, in 87, which volume. was just a massive, absolute smash. Um, this is a really, really fun song. They sample Debbie Harry, they sample Rose Royce, they sample Gil Scott Heron. Um, S-Express were chiefly, um, I think it was called Mark Moore, and obviously sort of singers and, and dancers and things. And I found a brilliant quote um, from, from The Guardian about uh, S-Express on Top of the Pops saying, to watch Top of the Pops in 88 is to watch the freaks taking over the asylum. After Mars and Bomb the Bass's earlier Acid House hits, S-Express's sample heavy track affirmed the sound's chart coronation, making the Stockhaken and Waterman stable look even more square. So uh-huh. it was a bit of a kick in the teeth to them. And it was just, it's just fun and dancey and upbeat. And yeah, it probably was the start of, of Acid House. People like, people like Bomb the Bass and, and S-Express. They had a couple more hits, I think, after that. But um, this was their first one and a f- huge number one hit. Just trying to check to see whether it was a hit in the States, actually. Or was it a, a purely British phenomenon? It could have been. Mm. It could have been British. 
I'm trying to look it up. But in 2020, The Guardian ranked it at number 51 in their list of the 100 greatest UK number ones. Really? Mm. The Guardian? Yeah, that's a surprise, mm. but a welcome no. one. But it's a surprise what, to me. Sorry? What, um, he's never heard of it. No. The Spotify playlist will be out soon, Pete. Don't worry. I shall oh, rush. <laughs> I can't find it in there. It's one of those difficult ones. S Express. Is it under S E? Mm. Is it under S apostrophe? Yeah. Anyway, oh, it doesn't really matter. Is it just the way of spelling sex and putting press on the end of it? Sex press. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> Do you know? I've never thought of it that way. Never mind, Pete. Well, I was thirteen. <laughs> no wonder. Like, I would have thought it was the first thing that came into your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slightly disappointed in myself. Um, yeah, yourself down badly. I, I have, haven't I? Um, I don't know, Pete. To be honest, let's say yes. I, I just for just for shits and giggles, we should exactly, be. exactly. So yeah, that's my first choice. Sag, shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Um, right then, Pete. If you haven't got S Express, I haven't either. Actually, what have you oh, got, I, Mr. Um, Willis? So. So as I was saying just before we started, I've got kind of, I like all of the songs I've chosen. There's three which I think are absolutely brilliant, um, four, and then the rest I've kind of made up the numbers, but they're all stuff I've liked and enjoyed. So my number one from 1988 by just a little bit from my number two is, um, it was number 44 in the UK, it was number five on the billboard, and it is The Valley Road by Bruce Hornsby and The Range from Scenes from the South Side. And I love the Good album. Song, actually. I bought the album on cassette when it came out. Um, and about, oh, I don't know, it must have been about 10 or 15, no, longer than that, 15, 20 years ago now. Uh, it was released as a CD with the, um, whatever the other album was called, is it The Way It Is? Oh, yeah. it was a debut yeah. album, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, right. So I've got now both of those on CD. Um, and actually, the, the Valley Road was the first single. Um, and then um, there was another single off that uh, off that album, which for the moment um, I can't remember the name of, but which was equally good. Um, I, I really love Bruce Hornsby. I think he writes really good, melodic, soft rock Um and um, it's brilliant driving music. I have driven many times to the Valley Road and uh, Defenders of the Faith and um, no Defenders of the Flag is it called? Anyway, I can't remember. I'm useless for song titles, but um, but I think it's a lovely song. So that is my numero uno, the Valley Road. I think the other song you were thinking of was Look Out Any Window. Yeah, Look Out Any Window. That was it. Yep, yeah, it was. That was, and, and I could have chosen that equally well because I. Also, think that's a very good song. But uh, yeah, Bruce Hornsby, the way it is actually from what eighty six. Yeah, it was eighty six. Yeah. Was the that's, I think got me to buy a piano or electric keyboard anyway. Really? Yeah, the guy in there could play the intro to the way it is absolutely note perfect. I thought, oh, that sounds brilliant. I can and do that. Buying it, yeah. I, Obviously, I couldn't, but uh, I tried. I did get my grade one associated board uh, piano uh, exam. Grade oh, no. one. 
I was, there was me sitting with all the little Johnnies in the waiting room <laughs> and that's me going in and yeah, but that's another story. It's great. Uh, one, Prince one where you uh, basically just can lift up the top of the keyboard. That's, that's the one. <laughs> you actually have to play me notes. <laughs> Playing the piano is not easy. No, it's not. I have no. got to have. I don't Huge. know because El- Elton John has little stubby fingers. I don't know how he manages to spread his fingers wide to to get from like you no know, whole octave. Yeah, uh, you know, like don't uh, do 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 do. Joel so too. Don't, I think. don't go down on me. Um, yeah, I mean it's amazing. And I, I suddenly, if you try to sing, play something with your right hand. Play something different with your left hand and sing. Astonishing. Utmost respect for anyone who can do that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the the instrument I'd love to be able to play. My my, my two girls, or two of my three girls, both play, and they're very good. But um, I love it. It's beautiful. One of my friends, Steve, is in a band, um, a a local extra band called Electric Spank, which is just a fabulous name. And he's a he's a keyboard player and he is sensational. He is so ridiculously talented. Um, There's been a few sort of drunken nights and he's just there sort of noodling away and he's just brilliant. I just it blows me away. Yeah. It's a a real talent. And talking of Bruce Hornsby, back to Bruce Hornsby before I move on to my first one. I think I saw them live, actually. Well, I think they were supporting Huey Lewis in 86, perhaps, at the Hammersmith Odeon. Entirely possible. Mm. I think Huey Lewis recorded a Bruce Hornsby song on his four album, Jacob's Ladder. In fact. Ah, Jacob's Ladder's a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Hornsby's song, it was on Huey Lewis's album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going straight in for the heavyweight. This no. was released very late, 88. Checking, checking the stats, checks notes. Uh, it was released on the 1st of December 1988. And it was the second single released from the double album, Rattle and Hum. That's my next choice. It's my next choice oh, too. Okay. <laughs> which, one, which one we've got? <laughs> okay, well, I've gone for a song that was apparently written as an homage to Billie Holiday. Yep. I think we've all gone for the same one. You too, Pete? Um, I don't know. Angel of Harlem. Yeah. No. No, I've oh. gone for the other one. I've gone for the oh. other one. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, okay. So I don't know what Jackie had much to say, but all I will say is um, it's uh, it refers to a number of New York City area landmarks such as JFK, WBLS Radio, and, of course, Harlem. And it, re- it refers to the jazz-related history of the place, including John Coltrane and a love of Supreme, the Birdland Club, Miles Davis, and, of course, Billie Holiday, uh, Lady Day. Uh, written in 87, recorded at Sun Studios in Memphis with the Memphis Horns. It made number number nine in the UK and just number 14 in the US. Yes, but yeah, I I love it, and it was the number. I do. Yeah, number, yeah it, was, I love, it was a great. I absolutely great love song. that album. It's my favorite U two album. I think it's brilliant. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Wow. I love it. it I, I I like the individual tracks on it, and I love the live versions of 
some of the real biggies. Uh, I love the version of Bullet, the Blue Sky. Oh, that's superb, isn't absolutely it? Absolutely terrific. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful album. And anybody who hates you two, you're wrong. Yeah, um, I agree. One of those bands, isn't it? I mean, a lot of... Yeah, lot they're a Marmite band like Nickelback and R.E.M. and, you know, quite a few, but uh, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I understand them having an issue with you two's kind of lippy Amnesty International thing, but... Um, I don't understand why you would criticise them as musicians because they've written some of the great rock songs. So uh, They have. Um, they, I mean, yeah, go on. Sorry, Jackie. I don't think we've done a good album in a very long time. Um, Friends of the Innocent was a great album, wasn't it? I think, I mean, it's so good. I think everyone's got it in their iTunes library. It must be good. <laughs> I haven't. I don't have any Apple products in my house, so thankfully. All oh, right, okay, fair it. enough. No, I don't either. <laughs> I love Rattle and Hum as well. Um, uh, Angela Harlow and the video in Memphis, you know, filmed in Sun mm. Studios was brilliant. Um, and when I was at Sun, um, Sun Studios, there was a framed picture of Bono, I think, and one of the, it might have been Larry or the whole band up on the wall, as well as all the Elvis ones, obviously. You probably saw that as well, Cole, didn't you? Well, I, I was just trying to think. I don't remember seeing Bono. But then again, I was just looking at Elvis, I think, yeah. and <laughs> Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee and yeah. uh, Perkins, whatever, all over the walls, yeah. Porter, yeah. I love the film Rattle and Hum, as you say, Pete, that version of Bullet the Blue Sky. You know, when, when I, I've seen you two a couple of times and... I was just desperate to see them do Bullet with Blue Sky, and it's it's an incredible song. Um, it, it, it's a bit of a hit and miss album for me in some respects. Some of the songs are a bit kind of meh. um No one is allowed to cover Helter Skelter, not even you two. Um, God, Pete will disagree with that. I think you I, love I, that. I prefer, don't the, you? I prefer their version of Helter Skelter. <laughs> I was aware of their version before I was aware of the Beatles one. Um, but yes, Angel of Harlem was next on my list. I absolutely love it. Good. Okay. Ooh, okay. So we are back to you. Go on, you go so to the next back one. To all one down. Well, well, it's going to happen, isn't it? If we just keep on going round, eventually one of us will run out. It's easy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. My reserve list, I've got about 15 on. <laughs> <laughs> You better give some to Pete. Well, I can no, add I'm, one I'm, at I'm, least. I'm, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm all right. I can add one oh. at least to replace Angel of Harlem. Go on, um, Okay, let's go for number two hit in the UK in March. It's Push It by Salt and Pepper, which is just <laughs> an absolute dance floor classic. Um, it was a B-side, I think, originally for a song called Tramp, which I don't know, but... Um, when it was re-released, it was huge. Uh, apparently re-released on the back of a performance they did for Nelson Mandela's birthday. So that's an interesting mixture. Mm. <laughs> now, 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 a lot of people don't know this, but Nelson Mandela was a major salt and pepper fan. Major. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was there. Oh, they were, oh, they were brilliant. It was one of the... Because around this time when I was 13, I sort of started buying music as opposed to my parents buying me music or whatever. And I remember buying the album that this came on, which wasn't released till, till the following year, I don't think, which had Let's Talk About Sex on there as well, which was another massive hit. Um, Ray Davis from The Kinks has a songwriting credit on this song, weirdly, because at the end they sing 
boy, you really got me going. You got me so I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. so there was a bit of a kerfuffle about that. So they ended up giving them a writing credit on it. Um, Salt and Pepper are sassy and sexy and fun. And it is, you play it now and it still sounds fabulous. It doesn't, it hasn't dated at all, I don't think. And talking of Harlem, uh, again, from New York, in fact, Salt and Pepper, aren't Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Queens. Try to do the Queens accent, but I'm probably not really good at that. I'll probably more <laughs> likely to do Freddie Mercury accent than Queens yeah. accent. <laughs> Lovely. Right. Okay. Uh, salt and Pepper, push it. Pete. Okay. So my number two is um, I love these guys. Um, in fact, I've had one of their tracks on one of the other things we've done and i can't remember which it was anyway this is from this was a number three in the uk didn't chart in the states at all um it's off the album conscience which was their fourth studio album and it is teardrops by womack and womack oh absolutely um, love wars is one of my all-time favorite singles and this oh yeah it's absolutely brilliant um and this is pretty close um and i I love the words and it's one of those songs where and and bearing in mind in 88 i was commuting from london i was i was going i was working for the big consulting company in london and but i was in london twice a week the rest of the time i was out on the road and I remember this being in the charts and you got in the car and you're on the M25 and you're just going somewhere God awful. And this comes on and it just makes you go, actually, life is good. This is a happy song. And it's just one of those real songs associated with a memory from that time. Um, and you know, we got four kids under the age of seven. So it was it was hard work at home. Um, but it was just stuff like this that, you know, kind of yeah it was just a real memory and i just think it's a lovely song and i love their voices um they're great songwriters um and uh yeah this is one of several of theirs which would go on any basically if they've got a single whichever year we choose i'm going to choose one mm-hmm. because i just think they're brilliant it's got so, a nice yeah. little beat to that one as well isn't it oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah absolutely it's, brilliant. It's, everything it's about that head. song is perfect Huh? It stays in your head the minute you it hear does. it. It yeah. does. Um, as, as, as soon as you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come straight in at the start. So is it one of those? Yeah. Well, it is. There's no yeah. intro. Yeah. Just sort of no, straight out the gate. Straight out the no, gate. There's a, little, yeah. there's a little, very small intro. Is there? Okay. Yeah. Your superior says, knowledge, then, Jackie. Um, whenever I hear goodbye, reminds me of baby views, the first line, I think, isn't it? So there is a little... Yeah. A little intro. Take these is probably a keyboard. Right, I've got another one now, and I wonder whether, Jackie, you will have this one in your list. I don't think Pete will, but he might. Who knows? Um, We did mention at the start, unless it was off air, I can't remember whether we said it on air or off air, your one that you, you probably your favourite you thought from 88, but in fact it turned out to be from the late 87. Yes. Oh, I was devastated. And shall we say what that was? It was always on my mind by it the Pet Shop Boys. Always on my mind by the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, sorry, sorry by the, Pet Shop Boys. There's no Yeah, not the Pet Shop Boys. It's Pet Shop um, Boys, yeah. 
It well, was I've gone for Pet Shop Boys. It was in '87. Yeah. yeah, Christmas number one, '87 into '88. Because I looked at that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what I have done was gone for Pet Shop Boys, and a song that I really love. It came out in November '88. It was the second single from their third album, Introspective. In fact, it opens the album. Um, the other singles were Domino Dancing and uh, It's All Right, I think. It got to number four in the UK. US was pretty pathetic, number 84. Disgraceful. boys in there, uh, Jackie? I oh. do, but I don't have that song. I don't think it's this one. Okay. Is... It's quite an upbeat song uh, about uh, being left alone, and it's mm-hmm. called Left to My Own Devices. That was in my top 20 bestest songs evs but i did on here well there you go but it didn't quite make you cut for 1988 well i thought i'd choose another one of those why not why not already done that one. yes absolutely okay. maybe i've mentioned one of them in the other when i mentioned the other two uh it was a lot longer on the album it was like eight minutes i think when it when it's on there um as uh, i mean uh it was the first it was the first song they recorded with an orchestra apparently mm. um as uh, Neil, Lieutenant, get, get his name right. Um, yeah, he said it's just about mundane stuff, about, as he says in the song, getting out of bed, being on the phone, drinking tea, going shopping, and he ends up coming home at the end of it. Um, but, yeah, left to my own devices at Pet Shop Boys. Again, nice and little, course, um, very camp, but very good. And, of course, Neil Tennant used to be the editor of Smash Hits. Oh, there you go. Also, was he not? Did he not work for the NME as well? Was he a journalist for the NME at one point? Don't Maybe know. Could have been. Could have wasn't been. He, no, I'm sorry. Wasn't he Doctor Who? David Tennant, sweetheart. Oh, okay. Yeah, very good. I've met <laughs> David Tennant. You know, I met David Tennant. Yeah, on on a Virgin Seven Four Seven, came back from LA. Oh. I, you know, I'm not very good with celebs, you know, when I meet them. I think, oh, what the hell? You don't want to in- interrupt them because we're their families and stuff. And so I ignored them when they went on playing and thought, oh, they're going to go upper class or something. But they, he didn't. He went to like the next one down because he had a whole family with him and they didn't cater for kids up in the upper class section. And so oh, I missed my opportunity. I was going to say hello. But then when we walked in and we walked down to the, you know, the, uh, the unwashed part of the plane, <laughs> uh, the economy part. There he was sitting on the edge of the uh, by the aisle seat in the front row of the sort of premium ones. And you know, I sort of, as I would do, <laughs> are you David Tennant? You know, something stupid like that. Really? <laughs> yeah. You David Tennant? And he said, I am indeed. And uh, I said, Oh, pleased to meet you. And I shook him by the hand. He said, oh, I'm pleased to meet you too, sir. In a, in a Scottish accent, which that wasn't very good at, but. That was it. And so I walked past him. I did exactly the same on Eurostar a few weeks back when I saw um, Paul Whitehouse. Oh, lovely Paul Whitehouse. He was on the train. I didn't, we saw him at the, at the station at St Pancras, got on, and then he ended up in the same carriage as us, a few seats down. And then, yeah, I went, I don't know, I went to the loo once and went past and saw him, did the same thing. And I nodded and said, Paul Whitehouse? Because you know, is it him? Is it? He said, "Yeah." I shook his hand, but then I said, "Well, isn't he?" I said, "Oh, I suppose we shouldn't shake hands. Should we at the moment?" 
And he says, well, it's a bit late now, isn't it? Or something like that. But anyway, um, what have we done today? It's your fault, Pete, for mentioning David Tennant. Well, we weren't, we were talking about Neil Tennant of Pet Shop Boys. Left to my own devices, Pet Shop Boys, that's Big C's second choice. So, Jackie, on to you again. Duran Duran. Um, 1988 was Duran Duran were just coming off the back of Notorious which I think was 86, 87 which was a brilliant album when I was younger I was my friend Judy had a copy of Seven and a Ragged Tiger so we would listen to a lot of Duran Duran Um, always loved Reflex and Wild Boys and stuff like that recorded them every time they were on Saturday Superstore on a Saturday morning (laughs) Um, of course. Yes. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've gone for "I Don't Want Your Love," oh, okay. which is on the album "Big Thing," which I don't know very well, I have to say. But this song is way. brilliant. It was top twenty, um, their seventeenth single. Um, at this point, it was just Simon, Nick, and John. Um, and it's a real, it, it does follow on a bit from Notorious. It's kind of funkier. There's horns in it. Um, it's not quite as poppy as their early to mid 80s period was. Um, a little bit more grown up, Duran Duran. More mature, weren't they, in the late 80s? Yeah. I mean, it's not an album I know well. The next single they did, they released from it was All She Wants Is, which was absolute nonsense. Um, but this is a belter. I bought it on seven inch as well. Um, love it. Very funky, very it's almost like when Bowie did Let's Dance, it goes to that kind of I'm not describing it very well, but when he when when Bowie went to do Let's Dance and it was almost very American in inverted commas, it was more grown up and almost more commercial certainly for Bowie maybe not so much for Duran Duran but um it's a brilliant song I love it the um of course being a 13 year old girl (laughs) bouncing all of Duran Duran (laughs) always helps only three of them you said (laughs) yeah yeah well they're the best three so it was fine all right and Duran Duran over Spando Ballet any day so there was, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong then, there was another Taylor in the band, wasn't there? Um, was the drummer Roger Taylor? Roger Taylor, Not the Roger, yeah. Roger Taylor that was in Queen, a different Roger Taylor. And was yeah. he related then to the John Taylor? I don't they think... brothers? They just no, come I don't name, think so. so. And there then was it was Andy Taylor. Taylor. Andy Taylor was on bass. They're back with the band now, but... Notorious was certainly the first album of just Simon, John and Nick, and this carried on from that. Andy Taylor on bass. In that case, there would have been three Taylors. That can't be right. They were, yeah, there were three Taylors. There were three. Mm-hmm. They must have been related, surely. There was all these Taylors, but there was no soldiers or spies or tinkers. No, I knew you were going to come up with that. You there were not. Nothing is not predictable. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Duran Duran. Still a big fan. I saw them live about ooh, 10, 12 years ago, something like that, with the Scissor Sisters supporting them. Brilliant night. Brilliant night. Yeah, there were definitely three oh, wow. times this year. 
Are you right, doubting then. me, Colin? Are you doubting my Durandal? No, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to look up and see whether they must have been brothers, surely. No. Must have been. Don't think they were. Just three sailors, and they no. all, none of them were related. Mm-hmm. How weird is that? There we are. They couldn't call themselves the Taylors. Like the Ramones did. Call themselves the Taylors. Call themselves the Taylors, like the Ramones. Yeah, exactly. Just get Simon and Nick to change their surnames. I'm thinking of the Walker brothers rather than Righteous brothers. Yeah, the Walker brothers were all called Walker, weren't they? But none of them were actually Walkers. Yeah, so there we are. Same with um, John and... Andy and Andy, Roger, and Roger. But it's weird because none of the Beach Boys were called Beach either. So, I mean, you know, that's, no. that's all that about. Weird, that, isn't it? Weird. None of the Spice Girls were called Spice? No. None of the Spice well, Girls were Spice. their nicknames. <laughs> nicknames, but not proper names. No. All right. Pete, <laughs> have you got a, have you got a, a tinker and a sailor no. and a spy to go I, with okay, sailors? So I am going with a song that was a number three in the United Kingdom and it was originally a ballad titled On the Wings of Eagles written by Adrian Smith and it became it became Can I Play With Madness by Iron Maiden Seventh Son of a Seventh Son which I I saw Iron Maiden by accident. Uh, and what I mean by that is that I bought... T- <laughs> no, no, Who were you like, meant no, to go and see? No, no. no I, so I bought tickets for my sister-in-law because um, she's a massive Iron Maiden and Metallica fan. So I bought tickets for her to go with my brother to go and see Iron Maiden. And um, it was a gift for, I don't know, a birthday a few years back. <laughs> and... Um, she, a uh, sister, rang up about three days before the gig and said, "I've got, um, I've got, um, I've won some prize for two of us to go to New York." So she had to choose between Iron Maiden, who she'd never seen live, or going to New York, which she'd never been to. So she chose to go to New York. So Jeff and I went to see Iron Maiden, and I like Iron Maiden. I'm not a huge fan, but I like them, um, and they were absolutely bloody brilliant live. They were fantastic. Uh, they were at the, uh, I saw them at the O2. Um, and I've always loved this song. Um, and <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I hear it, because what is the least likely live concert lineup? Iron Maiden and Madness. And the idea that Bruce Dickinson would say to his manager, can I play with madness? And go, no, don't be stupid. Of course you can't, Bruce, because that wouldn't work any way, shape, or form, would it? It just makes me laugh every time. That's just a little insight of the way my brain works. No, no, um, no untrue, obviously. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so Mad- that's- madness would have gone the way of Shaky Stevens by 1988, <laughs> I suspect. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my next one. Um, can I play with madness by All the right. Mighty Maiden? The Mighty Iron Maiden, a bit of heavy metal. Oh. Is it called heavy metal? I don't know. They, they get uh, categorised, don't they? I've got what I consider to be a perfect pop song next. Um, it was released in September 1988 from the duo's third album, The Innocents. Oh, I have this. You've got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, 
they, I, I, or maybe I should have gone for the other one if you've gone for this one. I don't know. I presume it's the one you've gone for. Mm. Um, the lyrics are a plea to a lover to show compassion and respect, opening with a distinct uh, keyboard riff before the acoustic guitar comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, Metro is erasure, anyway, as you no doubt are aware. And the song I've chosen is A Little Respect. Perfect pop song is right, I think. It is a perfect pop song, isn't it? Um, a great yeah, it vocal performance. List. Great vocal performance. I mean, anyone that hears that song, me the same, in the car with the windows wound down, when I'm not listening to the Wombles. Uh, I was the coolest driver instructor in town. I would have the windows down, the roof open, I'd be... I'll be not during lessons, obviously. I'll be singing, uh, remember you're a womble or something. But if you try to sing a little respect, that note, a little he, respect to me, yeah, that bit. He Everyone has tried a sensational it. voice. Andy Bell's voice was superb on this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some music magazine journalist said, it's a song so giddily exuberant that even the tawdry spectre of Wheatus cannot tarnish its luster <laughs> yeah they covered it didn't they yeah. amongst many others oh i love that but song. yes that made my list it made your list okay i'll put that in brackets for you then right what you got next <laughs> oh i'm all disheveled now because there's two of mine because i've gone. taken well um, i was going to the other one from the album another one from the album which i also think is brilliant super fools yeah and Chains of Love is equally brilliant. Yeah, that's a good song too, yeah. And the next album they did, the year after, was um, Drama and Blue Savannah and Star, mm. and they had that imperial phase. They're just brilliant. The ABBA, um, the ABBA EP they did was sensational. They did a yeah. video for each track. Um, mm. Oh, Honestly, Andy Bell's vocals are just sensational. He's got an amazing voice. And I've got another erasure quote or a quote about erasure. Um, oh, you, you've quoted it already, actually, opening with that distinct keyboard riff before the acoustic guitar yeah, yeah. comes in. And some, I, I did read somewhere that someone said if there's a... Oh, no, I've lost the quote now. I've lost the quote. Sorry. Yeah, not a brilliant anecdote. No, sorry. <laughs> I've remembered it. Somebody did write if there was a round, Mount Rushmore of yes. pop music, then Vince yeah. Clark's face would be front and center. Oh, I think I read that somewhere, yeah. Mm. I think I read that somewhere too. And he's and he's right. Vince Clark the was song a is definitely at their, their pinnacle, really, isn't it? Well, the album, actually. I think the Innocence album, too. The album's fabulous. But you think of Vince Clark's career with, with Erasure after Depeche Mode and after You mm. Zoo. Yeah. Untouchable. Really is. It was. It was. Right, if you're not going for Erasure, then, what are you going for? Well, I'm, as I said, I was a 13-year-old girl. Yes. Boy bands everywhere. Right. So you know where this is going. <laughs> Oh, I think I do. Is it? Yeah. Um, are they twins? Um, at the time, there was three of them in the band. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. But the other one, no yeah. one remembers. Um, sorry? The other one that no one remembers. No. It was, 
It was Luke Craig. and Matt, wasn't his it? His name was Craig. Yeah, Craig something. But I can't remember his last name. He went was out he on one the drums? No, he was the bass player, I think. Luke's on okay. drums and Matt's a vocalist. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I have the Bross T-shirt with the red bandana and the Grosh bottle tops on the DMs and the ripped jeans and all of that. Um, so does Pete. Exactly, exactly. I was obsessed, completely I've obsessed Bross, with Bross. I've got a Bross track on a compilation album. Needless to say, it gets skipped every time I <laughs> So I've gone for their third single, which is I Owe You Nothing. Oh, yeah, good song. Really? I've been listening to it loads this week, and it's bloody fantastic. Yeah, I think it's their it best song. Actually. such a good song. Um, it was released before When Will I Be Famous initially. But, and it didn't do anything. So when 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 Will I Be Famous came out and was absolutely massive, they had what was a the single they had in between? Was it Drop the Boy? Drop the Boy. Drop the yeah, boy. not so good. But then this is a brilliant song. Brilliant song. I remember having sleepovers at my friends who had like the Bross Live video, and we still <laughs> watch that until the small hours. Um, fascinating insight into this kind of counterculture of the 1980s, which I have missed because I was busy wiping bottoms and changing nappies. You're busy with the sex press. I was too busy with the sex press, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and Salt and Pepper talking about sex. In fact, basically everybody's doing <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, here we go. Oh dear. Um, yeah. Yes, Bross, I owe you nothing. Brilliant. Matt Goss has a brilliant voice. He's done a load of re um, residencies in Vegas and he is on Strict Come Dancing this year, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, but have you seen the Bross documentary that came out a couple of years no, ago? I haven't. You have to. It's one of the funniest things you will ever see. It's like The Office, but with a boy band. It's it's so corny and it's so fun, completely unintentionally funny. Matt's being completely straight and spouting absolute bollocks about crystals and conkers. <laughs> and it's really, really funny. But yes, I've been playing I Owe You Nothing a lot this week and it's bloody marvellous. Is he not appearing? And maybe you said this and I missed it, but is he not appearing in the West End or is he going to appear in the West End or has appeared in the West End? I imagine he would have done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know about his residencies in Vegas, but um maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And, and uh, now he's Vegas. on Strictly Come Dancing, so oh, right, there you go. Well, first thing you're old Jackie is of, very happy. Is he doing Strictly I'm Come sorry, but I've never watched that. Panto in Bogner. <laughs> and I owe you nothing was their only number one single in the UK. They had one, two, three, four other number two hits. The two you mentioned, When Will I Be Famous, Drop the Boy, and then also Cat Among the Pigeons. Cat Among the Pigeons. Craig Logan. Was it Craig, Craig Logan? Logan? Yeah, Craig Logan. That's the one. Wow. Dug that up from somewhere. You did. Um, well done. Well done. Yeah, Push was a good album, actually. I Quit was probably my favourite song off the album, but if we're doing singles, it's I Owe You Nothing. Yeah, fair dues. Right then, Pete, how can you follow Bross? Well, very easy. Um, <laughs> and push. We've got push and push it from Jackie so far, haven't we? <laughs> and sex press. So it all kind of works. <laughs> yeah, <together>. sex press. <laughs> There's a lot of pushing and heaving going on there. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Well, more oh, of that stay later. Very warm in here. More, more of that later. Um, <laughs> right. So I am going with a Billboard number six, UK number five, Grammy for best female vocal, Ooh. and it is "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman. Nice. Ah. And um, of her self-titled debut album, which I. I heard the single twice and I rushed around to Woolworths and bought the album uh, in Dunstable. And I still play it relatively regularly, given my burgeoning vinyl collection. Um, you say burgeoning? Up, bur- burgeoning, burgeoning. Um, okay. <laughs> followed up, the follow-up single was Talking About a Revolution, which is a Good also song. great mm. song. Um, but that wasn't 1988, was it? It was 1989, I think. Or yes. if it was 88, it was right there. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. but I just think it's one of those. It's one of the, it's one of those songs which you hear it and it, it just embeds itself in your head because you're like, and it's just that really, just really accessible hook. And I just think she's got a beautiful voice. And it's very delicate, isn't it? It's very delicate. In, in, in the in the verses, and then in the chorus, yeah. she lets rip a little bit, and it's it's beautiful. Well, it's referred to as folk rock, and I, what I think it, I think it was quite a groundbreaking album because I think you can count in the fingers of no hands the number of other black solo female acoustic guitarists. You, basically, you got her and Joan Armour trading, mm. and um, and I love Joan Armour trading as well. Mm. But, um, but I just think what I liked about this was, especially with talking about a revolution, it was a really edgy album. Um, I thought, um, and I just I love all that sentiment in it. So when I saw that it was 1988, I thought, good grief, there's one I can choose, and it Brilliant. kind of so yeah, great song. And of course, born in. CBW land, born in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, a Cleveland girl. Someone will no doubt tell me exactly where it's probably a suburb of Cleveland or somewhere close to Cleveland, but it's recorded as Cleveland, her birthplace anyway. Right, okay, Fast Car. Yeah, I think that's on a couple of lists that I was given, which I'll read out at the end. Um, My next one, in honour of... um. Austin actually is an Aussie artist. Do you have any Australian artists in yours? No. <clears throat> oh, okay. possibly. 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 Oh, is this your Jason Donovan choice, Cole? Yeah, <laughs> damn. You got me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Austin would be about to choose Jason, Jason Donovan, of course. <laughs> yes, he would. Oh, yeah. um, he would. No, this was released in August 88, and it was written in the style of a modern Viennese waltz with a lot of dramatic pauses before instrumental breaks. It was composed originally on the piano as a, as, as a bluesy song in the style of Fats Domino. Rolling Stone has it as number 282 in the 500 best songs of all time. I'm completely stumped. I can't even... Yep, it's Jason Donovan. (laughs) (laughs) 
no, no they denied us. <laughs> Sealed with a kiss or whatever it was. Um, no, this is uh, in excess. Oh. Music wow. was written by keyboardist Andrew Farris with Michael Hutchins, uh, Hutchins writing all of the lyrics from their sixth album, Kick, which is the one that really, well, kicked for them, I guess. Uh, their mm. most certainly their most successful solo album. It spawned about four US top 10 singles, this being one of them, and this being Never Tear Us Apart. Oh, I had Need You Tonight on my reserve list. Oh. No, I love, I love Never Tear Us Apart. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, the album before, I think, was Listen Like Thieves, which kind of yes. was bubbling under, doesn't it? wasn't it? Mm. And then Kick sent them absolutely global. It and it helps when your front man looks like Michael Hutchins did. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, and, the, <laughs> and the video for Need You Tonight was, um, was mostly him, but video for Never Tear Us Apart was in Prague. Was it was it filmed in Prague? You've lost me there. I don't know. Lots Could of have been. sweeping backdrops and moody. I wonder if it might have been in Austria since it was written like a Viennese waltz. Oh thing. yes, I don't know. Yeah, and it won't, I mean, it wouldn't have been in Prague because that was pre-Berlin Wall coming down. Ah, uh, yes. Good point. Good point. Yeah, it would have been Vienna. Not that I'm um, cognizant of the song or indeed the band. Oh, really? You don't know? Never tear us apart. And in excess, have the Farris brothers. Now they are related. They, did. they are definitely <laughs> related. Yes. Yeah. I think there's one okay. of those songs gets played on Planet Rock occasionally, but I've no idea which one it is. They, the couple, they, they did album. Um, X was the album after that. I think I could be wrong. Um, they've done some absolutely stunning albums. Yeah. Really, really good singles band. Um. How they and they didn't they do a reality show and they tried to recruit a new singer a few years ago and you just thought why you can't do that no. you can't have in excess about Michael Hutchins it just I think work. one of the Farris brothers injured his finger or something didn't he and he couldn't play the guitar again oh, no. so I thought yeah I, I thought I read that a few years ago yeah so maybe oh, no. without a lead singer and without a guitarist one of the Farris bit brothers, tricky it was probably a bit tricky. Yeah. Right. Um, Jackie, back to you. Mm. Well, I couldn't have um, uh, Always On My Mind. So I've gone for another cover version that came out in this year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's right at the top of my, the cover version is better than the originals list. This is Hazy Shade of Winter by The Bangles. Right, okay. Which I absolutely love. Um, it was... Just scraped outside the top 10, I think, in February. It's got gorgeous harmonies on it. All four girls are singing. So good. And Vicky talks about having, I remember when I read an interview and she's talking about having to rock it up because the original is obviously 12-string acoustic. Um, and the original goes on for quite some time, doesn't it? Whereas this is like, two and a half minutes max. Mm. Um, and she did ask Paul Simon forgiveness for cutting the bridge in half. And he was, she said he was very gracious about it. But it's a, it rocks like hell. It's fantastic. All the girls sound brilliant on it. Um, it was from a film called Less Than Zero, 
which I don't know anything about, despite it having lots of big Brat Pack actors in it, like Andrew McCarthy and James Spader and Downey Jr. Um, my favourite Bangles single, um, yeah, fantastic. Much better than the original, in my opinion. I do like the original, actually, as well. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, there's a few. But it's completely different, I think, mm. really. Different feel to it, isn't it? It's a mo- oh, much, definitely. Rockier, much rockier yes. version of it. It's it's nice when someone's doing a cover and they don't play it too safe. You know, they do try and do something different with it. Well, that's mm. And the girls, I think the Bangles were very underrated as musicians, and I think this really showcases their talent. That's why I love um, Disturbed's version of Sound of Silence. Sound of Silence, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Just such a totally different rendition of a song that you know so well. So yeah. they haven't gone safe. They've tried to do something completely. Mm. And it's refreshing, I mean, I know, isn't it? I know their first their first hit was, of course, Manic Monday, mm-hmm. which was a Prince song. And I, I must admit, I'm not overly familiar with Prince's version, but I'm guessing that it's He wrote it for different. them. Did he write it for them? He wrote it for, I think oh, he right, was okay. dating. He must have recorded it, though. I think he was dating Susanna Hoffs at the time. All right, okay. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Of course you would. I mean, given an option. I think even I would. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone silent now. It's gone silent. (laughs) Good old Susanna. I'm, I'm sure Prince would have recorded it. I'm sure he would have recorded it. But I know his... Well, actually, talking to Prince covers... Nothing compares to you, of course. You know, Connor, I think I prefer much more to Prince's original version of it. I did until I saw Prince do it live. Oh, well, okay. Wow. That's my argument out of the water then. astonishing. Right, from Hazy Shade of Winter to Pete. Go on then, Pete. This is my... We whiz through these next next half, I think, won't we? This is We're up to um, an hour already, so... We're not, because we started late. And then I froze. No, I set the stopwatch um, when it starts, Pete. You say this every time. We've had 57 minutes. So right. nearly an Right. This, this is a number eight. Right. Time up. You, Jackie, now. No, this is a number think. eight ah, ah, in ah. the UK. Go on. It is a re-released from 1985. Um, it's a double A side with never... And it is These Dreams by Heart, Heart. which I absolutely love. In fact, I absolutely love Heart. They can do pretty well nothing wrong as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Great guitarist, great singer, great songwriters, terrific band. um, And their version of Stay Away to Heaven at the uh, Kennedy Centre is um, knocking it right out of the park. But um, if I had a choice of a Heart song, I was going to choose it. So, yeah, and it is a bit of a cheat because it was originally from... 1985's self-titled eighth album. I didn't ever work that. Why did, is the eighth album self-titled? But anyway, um, it is. I think Blur's um, fifth album was called Blur. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, anyway, but uh, they re-released it with Never, and it got to number eight in the UK. So there we are, quick and simple. And of course, the talking of uh, not we haven't mentioned them yet, but the Beatles. Of course, the, the White Album was actually called the Beatles, which is self-titled, and that didn't come out till 1968. But yes, okay. So your heart, yep, good looking female guitarist. Ticks all the boxes for Pete there. It ticks all my boxes. Every <laughs> okay. It doesn't, doesn't right. have to be guitarists, singers, singers and guitarists. Singers oh, too. All right, yes. 
Will you be able to listen to us tomorrow? What time's the um, cremation tomorrow? Oh, well, not through the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I'll be okay, on. So you might, you might be tuning in, yeah, educating yeah. some more uh, um, with your I'm, girl singers. I'm dr- digging around for some inspiration. Right, I am going for my next one from April 88. And uh, talking of heartthrobs. Jason Donovan. I'm going for George Michael. And a song is one of my favourite songs that he's ever written and performed from the Faith album. It was the fourth single from Faith. I mean, they had a plethora of singles from that album. It was the number one in the US. His third consecutive number one single, in fact, from that very album. Only made number eight in the UK. Um, but then again, uh, yeah, none, none of the hits from the album made number one in the UK. It's a ballad, quite long, about six minutes. And um, it, do you know the Faith album, Jackie? I'm sure. Very uh, well. Yeah, I've not got familiar with it so much, but... a couple in my reserve list. Okay, from well, we'll come up. This is, uh, yeah, lyrically, I'm, re- I'm reading this, lyrically exploring a young man's hesitancy to enter or revisit a new relationship. Mm-hmm. In this case, I think it's a teacher. He calls him teacher. Uh, having been so emotionally hurt, emotionally hurt so many times before. And it ends with the narrator taking the leap and finishes with the title of the song, the last line of the song. It's the only time the song title is mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the song is called One More Try. And it's beautiful. It is a great song. It was really hard for me to choose between that and Father Figure. Another good song. Yes. Um, George Michael says he wrote, recorded, and finished it within eight hours. Well, he wrote Careless Whisper on a bus ride home, didn't he? I mean, ridiculously talented. Yeah. And very, very much missed. I couldn't find I couldn't find any record of it. I'm I'm sure. Did, Did Frank Sinatra record it? I'm sure, unless I'm going completely bizarre, going mad here, I thought I remember saying, seeing something about Frank Sinatra recording the song, or at least saying what a brilliant song it was. And I thought, well, if Frank Sinatra's singing the song, it must be pretty good. But I can find no record of that. So we we can edit that bit out if you like. Um, But George Michael, one more try from the Faith album. Just brilliant. Great. Are you familiar with that one, uh, Pete? No. No, okay. Fair well, I gave up on George Michael after. Well, I gave up on George Michael after Wham, but Careless Whisper was all right. Which, funnily enough, was released as Wham in the US for some bizarre reason. But of course, it was George Michael's solo debut single. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Jackie. Okay. Uh, this one hit number 16 in the charts in the UK. I'm not sure what month it was. It was taken from the band's ninth album. The song's been described as 30s hip hop. Um, there's a really sleazy accordion on it. It sounds, it's quite sort of staccato. There's a real mixture of, mixture of, of just, in really interesting styles and the band of Susie and the Banshees and it's not what I remembered Susie and the Banshees as being which was you know loud and shouty and punky this is a really kind of smooth it's called a pop disturbance by somebody I read on a review um 
The song is Peekaboo. Peekaboo, yeah. Just a brilliant, brilliant song. Um, her vocal is fantastic on it. And I read this week that she used a different microphone for every line of the song, which is another reason why it kind of has this kind of staccato feel and the accordion really adds to that. Um, another songwriting credit in this one, um, because they use the line, golly jeepers, where'd you get those weepers? which is a little bit close to Jeepers Creepers. So mm-hmm. Warren and Mercer got a songwriting credit on that. Happens a lot um, nowadays, doesn't it? It's just a really interesting, spiky song. And Susie looked incredible in the video of this lovely kind of Louise Brooks bob and bright lips and love it. I think it's a fantastic song. I was a big fan of, I'm well, not a huge fan of the, of the earlier stuff, but I, they, they went, as you, you say, they were quite quite shouty, a bit punky. Uh, I always remember them being a band uh, that took ages and ages and months and months and months to actually find a record deal back in 1978. John Peel was playing them all the time. They'd go in, do sessions, they'd do Hong Kong Garden uh, and, and the like, which, of course, turned out to be their debut. I think it's Chrysalis that got them in the end. Uh, they eventually signed, but then they did go. They did change their style. They went a bit more goth-like, didn't they? Yes, I would say. Yes, and this and, I think maybe. was more commercial. And not long after this, they did a song from Batman Returns called "Face to Face." I think that came out oh, maybe right, two okay. or three years afterwards, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, well, it's nice to see a band that keeps evolving, really, Changing. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Indeed. On indeed. Chrysalis, so. <laughs> on Chrysalis, yeah, indeed. And I, I remember her bit, because Susie Sue was um, one of the girls, you remember the Sex Pistols show, a Today programme with Bill Grundy, yeah. or you read about it. Yeah, I've seen it. She's there, isn't she? She's there. She's one of the girls that Bill Grundy's goading uh, during that's when the Sex Pistols, Johnny Rotten, ex, uh, et cetera. Uh, Steve mm. Jones, Paul Cook. Oh, excuse me. And Matt Can we just have no more conversation? He supports Arsenal. He's a dick. So no more Johnny Rotten. Fair enough. Okay. He also supports Trump, so he's an even bigger dick. Well. Yeah, I mean, he's a dick at every level. And Brexit. <laughs> yeah, what? exactly. So and Brexit it. as well. But, yeah. um, it's total asswipe. Yes, completely. But oh. Susie didn't take any crap on that show, which I love. She's fat. No, she didn't. Susie's okay, great. Peekaboo. I love Susie. She's great. So that's Peekaboo, Pete. Pete. What have you got now? I have got a Quincy Jones and the Singer song. Uh, Number one on the US Billboard, number four in the UK. Song about a groupie. Steve Stevens' guitar solo. It is Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson. I really like the Bad album. Um, I could have picked it. Yeah, I could have picked any. This was, in your mind, Michael Jackson was always kind of, you know, Ben and all that shite. Um, but then actually... <laughs> I like that. Oh, song about a rat, really. Um, but, um, but then I think with Thriller, it just kind of blew everything up, didn't he? I mean, Thriller was just an amazing album and he started to morph into being this kind of musical demigod. Um, But then with 
with bad i think he turned into a proper rocker and this is a proper rock album um and actually i don't i saw i saw him at wembley um the old wembley um and he did pretty well everything off bad so but yeah, that wasn't until 1992 so i'm assuming that he toured it a long time after it came out um or i don't know whether there was another album but maybe he had a few court cases to deal with it, it probably did um but dirty diana i just it's a proper rock song um and i always it was always my favorite track uh, my favorite track. smooth criminal was good but this was the this was my favorite track of the album and it was fantastic live very very good and uh, i have a <laughs> i remember that wembley gig because um it was uh i got tickets for to take my my oldest three kids to see michael jackson and it was their present for child six was it six yeah child six arrival but child six didn't arrive in time so we carted off to the concert and child six hadn't arrived and i rang at the half interval home and my mother answered the phone and i said what are you doing there she said nothing dear and i went yeah right she's having the babies and she said no 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 enjoy the concert so i get back to stanmore and ring up and she says oh you've got another son i said yeah thanks mum for lying to me so um so that on, on that basis michael jackson stopped me from seeing the birth of simon as the only one of my children whose birth i missed so, it was michael jackson's fault poor simon poor simon he's been damaged ever since bless him i bet he has i bet he has and steve stevens of course another like susie sue a bit of a punk link of course he was the guitarist with um billy idol uh, yeah. generation x was he now no, i didn't know yeah that. he's very also good. did the guitar work on the top gun uh Anthem, I think. What, the Harold Fultonite thing? That da, 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 Possibly. What, the Kelly Loggins Danger Zone? No, um, no, there was a Top Gun. No, there was Top Gun, Top Gun Anthem, which is, Top Gun which is, a, is an absolute big slap. Yeah, that is Harold Fultonmeyer, isn't it? It builds yeah. and builds and builds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. But Brilliant. when you see the video, that is a man with serious Yngwie Malmsteen hair. So if he was in a punk band, he obviously had let himself go. In a very hairy way. <laughs> right, I'm quickly, swiftly moving on now with my next one. No apologies, another, I think, classic pop song from June 88. It is by Boy Meets Girl. Oh! And it's Waiting for a Star to Fall from Lovely. their album Real Life. It was a song, um, uh, Pete's probably thinking, What's that? Are you? I don't know. You're going to have to listen to this playlist, Pete. You like no, no. You might I learn something. Yet. No, it, it was... One uh, hit it wonder? Was, it, well, yeah, pretty much, I think, a one-hit wonder, yeah. Um, they, they were good songwriters. There's George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam, who offered the song originally to Whitney Houston, for whom they also wrote How Will I Know, actually, and, oh, wow. and I want to dance with somebody. Ooh. So um, oh, I know that one. Yeah, I did both of them. Uh, Belinda Carlisle did actually record this song, but she didn't include it on her album. So uh, the Heaven on Earth album. So um, they decided, yeah, let's let's do it ourselves. And it got to number five in the US, number nine in the UK. It was inspired by 
the female half, the girl part, Shannon Rubkamp, is inspired by her witnessing a falling star at the Greek Theatre in Los Angeles at a Whitney Houston concert. It's a gorgeous song and it's really catchy. Once, it is. once you hear it, that's it. You're singing it all day. Yes. I should look forward one. to singing it all day after it appears on the playlist. Yes, and you will. I will. Jackie, do you put, Colin, do you put playlists from these shows on Spotify? Um, no. I, I have done. Mm. I have done. Um, Austin has done a few. And popular. Yeah. Well, I might add a few of yours and Pete's to, to mine, Ben, to oomph it out a yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. So well, if you want to know two of mine already. Oh, <laughs> I can only apologise. It's just we have impeccable taste, the both of us. Well, exactly. Um, Pet Shop Boys. Oh, okay. Um, is it going to be It's All Right? Is it going to be um, no. the other one I mentioned earlier? Domino Dancing? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I'll it, shut up. This surprised me because apparently this is the last number one single they've had, which I think is astonishing. Um, it's Heart, which okay. is brilliant from the second album, actually. Um, written initially for Madonna, apparently, but never mm-hmm. offered to her, thankfully. Um, she didn't open her heart to the song then. She did no. do something open your heart, didn't she? Yeah, she did. That's my favourite Madonna song. Okay. Um, this is again Imperial Phase. This followed It's a Sin, it's which I think was the first single from actually, um, mm. and always on my mind, obviously, over Christmas time. But this is such a good song. But Petrol Boys just do perfect pop, they there's do. no question about it. Um, yes, very much so. The video famously features Ian McKellen as Nosferatu, which is brilliant. I, I Tracked that down again on YouTube. I hadn't watched that in years. Um, I was a huge, huge Pet Shop Boys fan in 1988. They could and continue to do no wrong. I think they're wonderful. Smash Hits, that's what did it. Exactly. The link. Exactly. The link, the link to Smash Hits and Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pie chart. What can you say? Yes. Right, okay. Heart. Not the band Heart, who Pete had, but the song. Done then. Pete, what have you got? Right, well, this is really, really quick. This is a number three in the US, number one in the UK. Grammy, best rock performance by a duo. It is Desire by U2 off Rattle and Hum. That's okay, it. That's more because we've covered Rattle and Hum before. So um, that's the other big single off it, and I absolutely love it. U2's first number one single. Mm, it was. In this country, yeah, anyway. Right. It, it might even have come... Did it go straight in at number one, or was that... I'm thinking of The Fly. I think I think it might have done. Baby. But, yeah, mm. The Fly certainly did. Yeah. Oh, what we got there? Is that apple? No, it's olives and cheese. All right, okay. I'm just feeling envious now. Since Sorry, I'm olives, eating, cheese and cheese. Eating gin. my way through what's left of the house. <laughs> oh, Desire is an absolute belter. Yeah, good yeah. tune. Cracking choice. Good tune. Oh, I'll, I'll be trying to be as swift as Pete then. Um, I'm going for a classic power ballad. One of those songs, when you hear it start, you know exactly what it is. Is this a cigarette lighters and now it's phones waving your yeah. hands in the air kind of a song? 
Yeah, it's Van Halen. And when, it's When It's Love. When It's Love, yeah. That, that build-up at the start of the song. It's the second single from the OU812 album, uh, which is the eighth album. It was the second album to feature Sammy Hagar as the lead vocalist, which was the number one album. OU812 was an album, uh, number one. The single, When It's Love, US number five, UK number 28. Van Eddie Van Halen has stated that his guitar solo was a nod to Eric Clapton. Well, we don't talk about him anymore. No, we don't talk about him either. There's so many <laughs> that we sh- we probably don't want to talk about, though, aren't there? But you know, do you forgive and forget and still we like the this, music? We had this conversation when we did Clapton, didn't we? Yeah. I, oh, right, I find it on. really hard to separate the musician and the... Twatness. ...incident, for want of a better phrase. Oh, Okay, what Clapton you're talking about? The uh, oh, Clapton, Jackson, uh, Morrissey, the list goes on. Okay, Daltrey, Ian Brown, yes, Daltrey, definitely Rotten, Ian Brown, Brown. and um, other non musical artists like the guy from Right Right Said Fred. I can't even remember his name, but he's just (laughs) bad. Right, uh, who's next? We're back to Jackie, yep. So I've done eight, um, because I think two of mine have taken, and I have a list of 15 here, and I've got to choose one. So let's go with Somewhere in My Heart by Aztec Camera. Ooh, nice, nice, nice song. Um, The album was it the album was called love and it is wonderful it's one of the first <coughs> on vinyl um some cracking singles from it working in a gold mine was on there um how men are which is just mm. heartbreakingly beautiful That's bad idea. why did why should it take the tears of a woman to see how men are i mean oh goosebumps but somewhere in my heart again it's one of those intros, you're there straight away, mm. you're singing along to the chorus. It's a brilliant song from an incredibly talented man. Roddy Frame. Roddy Frame. Yeah. So, yeah, let's and go that, with that. Uh, yeah. Um, Gordon, of course, uh, Pete's dealer. My dealer. He claims vinyl dealer. Uh, but his dealer oh, we um, <laughs> was a big fan, big fan of uh, Roddy Frame and Aztec Camera. I seem to recall. I would, I, I would like to just say that it's nothing. It was a vinyl deal conversation, but it was about doobies. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you can take that as far as you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> okay, doob. What you got next? Right. I have got number seventy-seven in the Guardian's hundred greatest number one singles of all time. Back to Jason Donovan again. No, is it hell? This was this got two Grammys, best music video, best new age song, and it is Orinoco Flow off the Watermark album. And I'm a massive Clanad and Mayor Brennan fan, and this was just one of those songs which I thought. Would I rush out and buy it? No. When it comes on, does it make me really enjoy listening to it? Yes. Um, 
So I kind of am a bit conflicted about it, but it was massive and um, it's very much redolent of the era. Um, and uh, so I included it because I was clearly not going to have anything by brass or any boy band. So Orinoco, it is. Let's hear it for Enya. Not to be confused with Enema, which is completely different. We're or certainly not going. Same. We're not. We're not venturing into that. No, in more ways than one. Uh, Orinoco Flow. Well, yeah, it's a debut hit. Yeah, don't. You just say so it was number one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was a massive one. Yeah, it was a huge hit. It was number it was one forever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it was number 77 in the 100 greatest number one singles of all time. I remember getting a single after that on 7-inch, a Caribbean Blue, I think it was called. Do you know that one? Yeah. Vaguely. Song two. But Orinoco Flow is rather, rather a good song. Me next, and I'm going to a, I'd say as he tries to be as quick as possible, a single that flopped originally when it came out in October 88, which is why I'm including it, I would say it is one of the classic indie anthems predating Britpop by about four years, coming from their, eventually from their only album, self-titled, in fact, which came out in 89. It was a Lee Mavers song. Whether or not it's <coughs> about heroin... Or unrequited love is up for debate. Moot. Singing about there she goes, there she goes again, racing through my brain, pulsing through, through my, my veins, veins, isn't it? Through my veins. Okay, no one else can heal my pain. Great song. Uh, Lee Mavis denied it's about heroin, and it, of course it is the Lars, and it's there she goes. Lovely stuff. Great song. Yeah. No verses to it though. It's just like I have a Lars album, chorus. remarkably. Well, they've only done one. That's why I have it. That's probably why you got it. <laughs> it's the ultimate. Man. I think it was. Oh, where was it? Um, I don't know. It was Rolling Stone. Um, the album. Yeah, it was one of the forty. One of the forty greatest one-hit wonder albums. Of course. Um, Lee Mavers and um, John Power, who's the bassist, went on to form Cast, which mm -hmm. were another great Britpop band, underrated Britpop band. Mm. There she goes, another that one that you recognise as soon as it starts, don't you? That oh god, yeah, it's, it's unmistakable. Banging guitar, yeah. It's that jangly guitar. It's kind of almost jangly. That's the word I'm looking almost for. Almost like the yeah. birds. Very yes. much like the birds. Yeah. Very much. Good song. Okay, there she goes. Number, there she goes. There Jackie goes with her next one. This is the last one, isn't it? Could be. Well, I've, I've got two left. This one, I've got two. So, but maybe we've crossed. Oh, over. maybe I've got two. Okay, well, it's because because Jackie had two that I I had two oh, that right. Jackie had. I think. Okay, so oh god, this is really tough, and it's really different as well. I think I am going to go for The Only Way Is Up by Yaz and the Plastic Population because okay. it's just such an uplifting song. And again, you, you recognise the intro instantly. It was number one for a few weeks, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was the first single on 7-inch my sister ever bought. So I remember that. Um, 
Yeah, brilliant, uplifting, fun, sing along. Um, five, what weeks. Is, five weeks. Five weeks. Uh, what is it that is only one way up? Is the is the what's the lyrics? Sex the trust probably. Up, baby. For you and me now. Yeah. Oh, it's a brilliant oh, song. You, it's you it's know really, that one, it's really uh, kind of joyous. It's kind of life affirming. It's positive, and God knows we need some of that. And after that Spurs right performance now. last night, the only <laughs> yeah. way is after definitely where we are. Night, we need heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Lars again. Allegedly. I'll stick to my gin. Stick to your gin and your olives and your cheese. Mm. You're making me hungry, but I don't like olives. Sorry. Oh, I love what, sort olives. Of what sort of cheese have you got? It's, it's um, feta. Oh, feta and olives. Love it. <laughs> Olives with chilli as well, Pete. Oh, no, I'm really, really jealous now because I had goat's cheese and grapes earlier. Oh, sorry. Gin gives me the nibbles. (sighs) Yeah, it gives me all... I had one of those earlier too, gin, that is. I'm stacking up on my alcohol because I've got a month's nibble. You didn't have a nibble. Oh, yeah, you can't drink in (laughs) Saudi Arabia, can you? A month of of not drinking. Mate, that's going to be tough, isn't it? Non-al- non-alcoholic beer. By the time you've had the first six or seven, you just but your brain says it's alcoholic. So it's <laughs> All this sugar yeah, <laughs> sitting around your head. I'll have another Holston, please. <laughs> I've had about 60-odd years without a drink, so I'm sure you can I manage it. I don't know how you've managed it. I can go about 60 hours. There's a few really nice non-alcoholic beers out there, though. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they're getting better. They are getting much better. better. Yeah, especially Peroni. Really like the Peroni non-alcoholic because it actually tastes like Peroni. Well, the um, yeah, this, the the um, Holston tastes like Holston. It's all right. It's not bad. Anyway, okay, anyway. what have you got? Is what it have you got? Yeah, sure. Okay, I have got a UK number two from 1988. <laughs> As a surprise. And it is. I, I've got this album. And it, it was an album. I've got it on cassette, so I obviously haven't got it now. But um, it was one of those albums which I thought, I'm going to buy that, and this is really not me. But actually, the more I listened to it, the more I loved it. And it is Sign Your Name by Terence Trent Darby. Oh! And I absolutely love that Terence Trent Darby. The hard line is... According to. Yeah. And you know what? It's... I've had very few moments in life where I've just gone and done something like that. That was one. And then buying the miseducation of Lauren Hill was another one where I just thought it's not my music actually in the Fuji's album as well. Um, And I just thought, but there's something about it, which I just find really gets to me. And I, and and I think this is a really good album, a really good album. And on balance, this is my favorite track. Sign your name. Just gorgeous. Yeah, it's a great album. Anyway, Quite sexy, very sexy song. Uh, yeah, and I mean, but I mean, he's just, he was just a really interesting character because he, mm. he retired then, didn't he? And then started again under his real name, which is Ma, Ma something or Sinatra. Sinatra. Matreya. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, so hasn't had any hits since then, funnily enough. No, strangely enough, he should have stuck as being talented <laughs> in Derby. Um, but. Um, no, I think it's a really good album, and I think it's a really good song. So. Was that his first single? No, If You no. Let Me Stay was the first no, one. Let Me Stay. Was the first let one. Me stay. 
and uh, Dad's little sister wishing, is wishing brilliant. Wishing well. Yeah, wishing, no, wishing, wishing well was the first. Wishing well was the first yeah. single. That's they right. Were, they were good. They were good singles. Sunny Name was different to those two. Much more. Um, yeah. Uh, la- well, a bit more laid back. I don't know yeah, what it was. It is really. But, but wishing yeah. well was it? Wishing well was his first single, wasn't it? That was a great single. But it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just a brilliant album. There isn't a the duff track. It like is. It. It's a brilliant album. I really like Dance Little Sister. That was a great yeah, song. Yeah, Dance Little Sister's a great song. Anyway, there we go. So, sign so, your name. Okay, so my go. The problem with um, Terence and Derby is um, ever since I've seen, if ever, if ever I watch Liverpool playing on the TV and the right back for Liverpool, oh, I always call him Terence Trent on <laughs> all the time. You will now. You will know. I, I already do, I'm usually, love. Yeah. I'm, usually okay, I'm usually calling him something very abusive. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Brilliant. Right, quickly, quickly go on with my next one then. Um, October 88, I think one one of the greatest if we had a if we had a super groups show, which I don't think we've had yet, I would have this group as as one of them. Certainly I was waiting for one of you to choose this because it was on my list initially too. And uh yeah, it's the Traveling Wilburys. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was their debut single, released in October '88. Uh, it was the opening track of the their debut album, "Traveling William Traveling Wilburys Volume One." Funnily enough, it was the first recording made by the group, originally intended as um, a bonus track on a George Harrison single. Oh, this really? Yeah, this is love. I think which eventually ended up on. Um, Cloud nine. Cloud nine. Yeah. It was meant to, as a, an extra track, but the record company bosses said, nah, nah, it's too good for that. So that sort of led to the formation of the band, primarily a George Harrison song. Um, but then when the others got involved, Jeff Lynn was involved, obviously, with uh, Cloud Nine album. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he's involved and Tom Petty as well. And it was when the title of the song, Handle With Care, which is the song title, uh, George Harrison took from the label on a box at Bob Dylan's garage, actually, because he didn't have a song title, and that was where they got it from. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, con- as I a quote here, I don't know who wrote it, but it sounded good. Contrasting talents can produce music that is effortless and natural. And it's got a great Roy Orbison vocal on it. As oh, well. it's just gorgeous. It's soaring. Um, and George Harrison wrote wrote that with Roy Orbison's voice in mind for the the the, uh, the bridge that he sings. So Handle Travelling Wilbur is a great album. The album is superb. I mean, individually, I love Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, you know, and and George Harrison. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's only Jeff left. No, Jeff and Bob left, isn't it? That's it. Jeff and Bob left, yeah. Jeez. I know. Uh, right. right so I've got, got one, one more. Go on, then, throw and one more. I've, I've, I've got The Wonder Stuff. I've got Taylor Dane. I've got Transvision Vamp. Oh, yes. Free Fab Sprout, Luther Van Dross, Climby Fisher. Is that love changes everything. Yeah, love changes everything. Is yeah, uh, yeah that's the one I've got. Uh, Luther Vandross was "Give Me the Reason" that year, which is just mm. 
His, his voice is like treacle. Beautiful. 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 Him Lovely. and Teddy Pendergrass, a fight between the two of them. The, the two best voices of that Great type. Local. Yeah. Gorgeous. But I think what I might go for, now I've mm-hmm. seen it, is um, Nana Cherry's Buffalo Stance. Oh. Pete, what are you doing? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you all want to go for Nana Cherry's Buffalo Stance. No, I just yeah. remember going. I remember going to someone's party, and it must have been eighty-eight or eighty-nine, and that got played to death. And by the end of the night, I wanted to hang myself. <laughs> it's a wonderful song. Raw Like Sushi is a brilliant album. You need to chill out a bit, I think, Pete. <laughs> I did probably. But uh, women you, were not. You try, you try chilling out with. Four kids under the age of seven. See yeah. how you get on. Fair point. Fair point. Well Women made. were not making music like this in 1988. It was much more mechanical. It was much more Stock Aiken and Waterman. It just didn't really happen. Nana Cherry was a bit of a game changer, I think. Um, the album Raw Like Sushi is fantastic. Man Child's on there. Um, uh, Kisses on the Wind, I think, was on there. But this was the song where she performed on top of the pops when she was about eight months pregnant. Um, again, just knocking down boundaries and just saying, no, sod it. This is me. This is my song. I don't care what condition I'm in. Live with it. Um, I didn't realise that she was pregnant on that. She's about seven or eight months pregnant when she oh, sings yeah. it on top of I the pops. I think they were you, Pete, was it? And no, I was not guilty on this occasion. Okay, fair enough. So yes, let's go with Nana Cherry. I mean, Nana I Cherry stunts. I could okay. have had Banana Rama. I could have had the Sugar Cubes. It was a good year. Oh boy! Go <laughs> on, Pete. Throw your last one in then. All right, my last. This is my last one, but then I'm going to also throw in the worst song ever, ever. recorded. Mm. Ever. I've got a feeling literally ever. I know what it is, and, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you do. And you let me guess when, at the end. We'll no, guess. at the end. Anyway, right. I've so got an inkling. This, this is, I love this song. And in fact, I've, I've got an album with it on, um, like a greatest hits thing. It was number seven in the UK. It was number one in Italy, Holland, Spain, Belgium. And it is an anti-apartheid song written against the regime in South Africa. And it is from the album File Under Rock by Eddie Grant. Oh, it's Gimme Hope. Gimme Hope, Joanna. Oh, wow. And it is, yeah, it's 88. And it's a song, um, it's a song about, well, it's an anti-apartheid song, you know, Give Me Hope. Joanna. Joanna, yeah. And uh, I, I, I've got this Eddie Grant Greatest Hits album again on tape, so I haven't played it for ages. But it's just got all of his stuff on, and he was a really, really talented musician. And I and I love the way that he spans kind of reggae and soul and rock and, you know, like a whole bunch of different stuff. He's quite hard to categorise, I think, Eddie Grant. I guess he would be called reggae, I wouldn't he? Mm. Um, but he wrote really good lyrics, really good songs. Um, and I just think, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really, really good song. So when I saw that it was 1988, I thought, yeah, why not? Go for it, it yeah. You never know. Eddie might have actually brought about the end 
of apartheid with this song? Well, you never I, know. I think so. Or alternatively, it was whoever that Jackie mentioned earlier who was mates with Nelson Mandela. I mean, it was one or the other. Salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apartheid was ended by a mixture of Eddie Grant, Eddie Grant and Salt and Pepper. <laughs> I think Slim, Slim Slim Nick was invited back to Eddie Grant's. Well, a bunch of them were invited back to Eddie Grant's flat. I think it was near Stamford Hill somewhere, and uh, he let him play his guitar on the and sandwiches on the Stamford Hill estate. Could be rough as hell. Yeah, but there you go. Um, that's slim nick for you though. That's slim nick oh. for you. Um okay, now I've got one more then to go for. Now I've got a choice of two or three. I don't know which one I should go for. Ooh, I'm oh why not? Because it was a it was a big song. I would I would guess it it it'll be in a few others people's because I was thinking about going for a song that wasn't a hit whatsoever, and it was by the go betweens and it was streets of your town. I don't know whether you're. Um, are you familiar with this song? Don't know at all. No. Great song. Well, maybe we can add it on the playlist anyway. I'm just going to throw in "Sweet Child of Mine." Oh wow! Was that that Guns here? And Guns and Roses. Exactly what I thought. So, have you checked it out? Their first album was, was 87. June, eighty-seven. Yeah, but this right, is the third single from it. It was released in June eighty-eight, according to the wiki. Anyway. Um, and of course, it was a number one in the US. It was their only number one single in the US. UK, it made number twenty-four in nineteen eighty-eight. It, it was re-released in nineteen eighty-nine, and it then made number six. It is um, one of rock's classic songs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Undoubtedly, oh, got to throw that in. Uh, Axl Rose lyrics were based on his girlfriend Erin Everly. Uh, Phil Everly's daughter. Um, wow. <laughs> I know. Um, and according to Rose, Leonard, your your favourite band, Leonard Skinner, Pete, served as an inspiration to make sure that we got that heartfelt feeling. I can see that. Yeah, you can see that. They needed a sort of um, a way to finish it, a little breakdown, and they were listening to demos of it all and what shall we do at the end here? And Rose started muttering to himself, listening to the demo. And he was saying, well, where, where do we, we go, go now? <laughs> where do we go now? And the producer, Spencer Proffer suggested, yeah, just seeing that, where do we go now? Uh, it's number 37 and a hundred greatest guitar solos, according to guitar world. So that was why I've gone for sweet child of mine. I Good could choice. have gone for sweet streets of our town, streets of your town. Um, I was even thinking one that you, I'm sure both of you would actually loathe, which was uh, status quo from that year. No, I saw I that there was a status quo. quo. I saw a quo and I thought Colin's going to choose that. So, uh, Well, I thought about it, but then I thought, no, actually, I'll probably throw the other 10 in. The one I was thinking of, course, is Burning Bridges, which yeah, is but, a yeah. top, top five hit at the end of the year. A bit of a, bit of a jig. Yeah, a bit of a jig. Not bad. Not but, bad. I mean, Not they bad. got to that point, even Rick Parfitt said, that they, they weren't so keen on the album. It was too, and I quote him, it's too polite. There was no weight behind what we were doing. The edge had gone. We weren't real anymore. But wow. you know I'm a quo. I'm a massive quo fan, so I could have had that in there. Were there any others I could have thrown in as possibles before we get on to Pete's worst ever song? Oh, no, Deacon Blue. Just seen, Deacon Blue, I... Real Gone Kid. 
that's a good song. Just, yeah. That was in my reserve list as well. I've just seen that I've missed everything but the girls. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, that was another one in my reserve list. So that's a, a good, lovely good cover. version. Good cover. Cars and Girls by Prefab Sprout. I mean, that's a yep. stunning album. Real Gone Kid must be very close to my top 10, I think. Uh, Ricky Ross said it's a tribute to Maria McKee, uh, who was known for her craziness, her wild on stage performance style. And Maria McKee? Was, yeah, as in Show Me Justice. Heaven. Yes, when she was lead singer with Lone Justice and they ah. supported and they supported Deacon Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's real gone kid, and that's not in my top ten. So some of these other ones can be added on. Right, Pete, go on. Your worst ever song. I've got a worst. feeling I know what it is. Well, it, okay, you you um you must have this. It is. Was it a festive song, Pete? No. Oh, that has no. thrown me. Oh, no, right. Is no, it a football no, song? You're going mistletoe and wine, aren't you? I'm going mistletoe yeah, and wine. Is it? Is no, it a football it, song? It is. It is Anfield rap. Yeah, that's what I thought it would be. <laughs> Red Machine in full effect by the Liverpool squad. It is shite on an absolute <laughs> weapons grade scope. <laughs> it makes every other football song sound like Carmina Burana. It is freaking awful. Just ear-bleedingly dreadful. dreadful. So I shouldn't put that on the playlist then? No. Not a fan, Pete. It's <laughs> dreadful, Colin. It is absolutely dreadful. It is. It's an appalling noise. I, I, I mistletoe and wine. I, of all the Christmas songs that are around, I just cannot stand that one. No, I can't stand it either. Cliff Richard, okay. Uh, he did some good stuff, I think, in the late 50s, rock and roll-y stuff. But he, did, but he did a couple stuff. of decent... 70s, he had some great songs. Christmas, but he did some decent Christmas songs because... Um, his version of Little Town is a really good version of a traditional hymn. But Mistletoe and Wine is absolutely shocking. It's dreadful. But if we've learned anything today amongst all of these choices, it is that Mistletoe and Wine is better than Anfield Rap. It is. I mean, if I had to listen to either... I mean, it's just, I don't know, this mistletoe wine. I, I swear you were going to say mistletoe wine. Oh. You've gone all fuzzy. you got all fuzzy again, Pete. Oh, sorry. As long as you um, don't sort of freeze. No, no, I'm not going to freeze. Like, I just no, look I like you away. I'm sorry, I moved. <laughs> I, sh- I shall return. There we go. You're nice. back now. You're back I now, oh, my word. No, I'll see it, you now. Mistletoe wine is awful. I mean, it is awful. But that um, Anfield rap, that is a whole different level of awful. Okay, fair enough. Dreadful. Well, I can't, I, mean, I can't go, listen, go any just, higher than go or lower than someone. Just go and listen to it. Just mm. put it on for one second. Have you finished <laughs> talking about Cliff? Can I come back now? You can come back now. <laughs> You've had too much cheese there, I think. Um, Thank you. No, I just it's Cliff Richard. Just I had to leave. <laughs> just had to had to get out of here and be sick, mm-hmm. as John Lennon said off stage uh, in nineteen seventy-four. His last gig with Elton John. Yeah, which, yeah, he's gone for Anfield rap, which is saying, but Mistletoe Wine is better than Anfield rap, according to Pete. So Agreed. I can't really get any lower than that for me. But do you have an absolute abysmal one off the top me? of your head? Yeah. 
from from that year. Oh yeah. god, there's too I many to know. choose from. Yeah, yeah I suppose you're right. London Boys, big fun. Um, Jason Donovan did it. He Jason Donovan, uh, especially yeah. for you, is untouchable. I will not have a bad word said about that. Um, still stole a living there, didn't he? He can't sing. Well, I don't know. He was pretty good at the West End when he was performing well, in things like Joseph. Um, he, was, he, was right, he was all right singing. in Joseph. He was okay. Yeah, which is a musical I absolutely detest, but he was, was good in it. What was a big song from that that he had to hit then? Any Dream yeah. Will Do. Any Dream yeah. Will Do, that's the one. All right. I've got some from... Well, actually, I'm just going to read these 10 through. Graham has given us uh, for 1988. 27. No, he's only... I don't know, actually. He's given us more than 10 bollocks and things. Uh, he's given us Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, the Mercy Seat. Oh, my God. How did I miss that? There you go. One that we maybe shouldn't mention, but Morrissey and Suede Head. Once upon a time, but not anymore. Talk, talk, I believe in you. The Happy Mondays wrote for luck. Very Pixies. nice. Pixies, where is my mind? Oh, there she goes, the last. Get in there. <laughs> Streets of Your Town and the Go-Betweens, which I didn't quite put in in the end, but it's a great song. Graham likes it too. The Pogues, If I Should Fall From Grace With God. Prefab Sprout, Cars and Girls, which you mentioned, Jackie. Yeah. Handle With Care, The Travelling Wilburys. George Harrison, When We Was Fab. Oh, that's a sweet song. Excusing the grammatical error, obviously, deliberately put in there. Jane's Addiction, Jane Says. Oh, is that that? Yeah, that's a good song. I like that. Barbie has given us, coincidentally, number 10, Jane Says by Jane's Addiction. Oh, was that that? Yeah, I really like that. (laughs) Nine, My Prerogative, Bobby Brown. Oh, my. My Prerogative, in fact. Eight, Fuck the Police. NWA. Good song. Other opinions welcome. Uh, Simply Irresistible, Robert Palmer. Ooh, very nice. Wind Beneath the, My Wings. Was it Wind Beneath the Wings? Uh, Bette Midler. Oh, Wind from Beaches. Wind Beneath My Wings, I think. Yeah. Wind yeah, Beneath My beaches. Wings from Beaches. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. just thinking about that makes me tear up. <laughs> um, let's move on swiftly. Straight up, Paula Abdul. Oh, Roxette, The Look. Three, Bobby Brown again, Every Little Step. Two, Paula Abdul again, Cold Hearted. And one, one that Pete had, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. And finally, Mark has given up. Hi, Mark. Yeah, you know Mark, yeah. Um, He gives me so many requests on a a weekday. He does, doesn't he? Bless him. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Real Gone Kid, Deacon Blue. Nine, Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson. Good song. Eight, Love Changes Everything, Climby Fisher. You are Yay! I owe you nothing, Bross, which you Yay! definitely do. Yay! you love you, Mark. Sign your name, Terence Trent Darby, which Pete had in his 10. I did. Rick Astley, Together Forever. Oh. He looks so young still, is he? He hasn't aged a day. He was at the really? he was at the US Open final, and he just he's got to have a portrait in an attic somewhere. 
His oh, first have. album was the first CD I ever owned. First, my first album on CD was Rick Astley's first one. We're never going to give you up on it, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four, ooh, uh, Teardrops, Womack and Womack. What a tune. Three, Father Figure, George Michael. Lovely. Two, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns and Roses. And one, Fast Car, Tracy Chapman. Wow. Good old Trace. I knew I did. Good, good old Mark. A good, good bunch of songs there. That was a good bunch of songs. And that's all of them. So we'll, we'll somehow, between us all, well, maybe, are you going to do a playlist then, uh, Jackie, yep, me, I will. I'm going to give you a list of these once. Uh, yeah, I've written a fair few down. down. It's going to be an amalgamation of everything because usually I just yeah. put mine on because obviously they're the best ones. But yeah. some of yours are quite good too. <laughs> but not Pete. Um, uh, <laughs> right. Well, thank you both for coming on and good luck tomorrow, Pete, at the. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, darling. And. Um, Yep, hopefully, Jackie, you can come back on. We can do some Billy Joel with yes, Austin. Yes, please. Very much looking forward to that. weeks before Austin's clocks go forward. Forward, yeah. Oh, so confusing, these different time zones and different hemispheres. Uh-huh. It really shouldn't be allowed. No, it shouldn't, be. it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. And I'll see you um, at some point from Saudi Arabia. Eh? Yeah, next Start week. You might be Saudi- Will you be over, you're around next week? Oh, we can talk about it afterwards. But you'll be in Saudi Arabia for the next month, yeah? Yep. Um, okay. Safe travels, Pete. Thank you, Alex. Yes, safe travels. So you've got, the, you've got the cremation tomorrow, but the internment, is it the... Yeah, the internment well, service are on the 21st of October. So When you come back from Saudi Arabia. Okay. Okay. You're not missing that then? No. I was like, worried like, that, would be, that would be bad form, wouldn't it, really? Since it would. I, since I'm doing the eulogy. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, this podcast will be posted to the usual forum over the weekend, I guess, um, by Shaggy. And that will be to anchor the Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, etc., etc. And of course, one day, Pete, we will be on the BBC. The BBC. Still Could waiting. Can we not be on Channel 4 instead? No, I'm not sure that we are. <laughs> We're not even on BBC. I don't know. How many BBCs are there now? Is there a. F- is there a six or is that a radio Lost count, Lost count, mate. Yeah, six music. Six music, which is wonderful. We should just make up. We should just create. BBC seven. BBC nine. BBC W seven. Yeah, that'll do. BC BCBW. Perfect. Perfect. Sorted. Sorted. So all I have left to say is a good night from me. And a good night from him. And a good night from me. And them. Good night all. Not off. Not off. Thank you.